Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. This is the Pantry Podcast, Season 5, Unnaturally Flourished. We're picking up where Season 4 left off, looking at God's unusual, amazing, and miraculous methods of elevating, relocating, and redeeming us into His purpose. In ways the world just doesn't understand. Yes. Thanks to the Spark Collective, Eternity Ready Radio, War Cry Network, and the Christian Podcasters Association for helping the pantry reach over 35 countries. Visit thepantrypodcast.com for extras, show notes, and faith-based teas that support the show. And sign up for our monthly newsletter for sneak peeks into upcoming episodes and guests and some of Shay's amazingly delicious recipes. And now, on with the episode. What's up? Hi. Man, I'm ecstatic. Oh. Oh, I dropped it. <laughs> you flipped what the out? script. I flipped the script tonight. But man, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I, I really am excited. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. I mean, we got to sit down and talk and have a, a pre-interview, uh, like a pre-chat and man, it's just awesome. And I'm going to let Michelle just kind of feed that in. But let me tell you something. There are good things when you're kingdom minded and you put the kingdom first. Go ahead. Roll it. Awesome. So today we are here with R.C. Simon, who I was an unexpected Facebook friend with R.C. through a Christian entrepreneurial group on Facebook where we kind of connected. But R.C. is the founder of Simon X Media, but he's also pastor R.C. Simon, and he pastors at Bringing Families Back Ministries in Las Vegas, Nevada with some of his family members. And I've heard him preach. Shay's heard him preach. He is fire and truth, y'all. And so we wanted to bring him on so that you can just hear and be blessed by what he's got to say today. So welcome, R.C. Welcome, brother. Amen. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited. However, the Holy Ghost just flows tonight. (laughs) Right. Amen. Ever since Michelle brought up that you were going to come on the show or that she was interested in having you on the show um, in this unnaturally flourished idea and this in this way forward, how we start to build and how God builds us, you know, this unnatural flourishment. It's like it's like it's something that we would never understand, nothing that people understand, but God does and God places us. You know, I, I was reading some things off of your page and I, I think first though, I, I really would like to hear a little bit about you. Yeah. So, you know, just, we, we all get that thing where our whole life, you, you just want to, you want to have purpose, right? And I, I never grew up Christian, never grew up um, really knowing who God was. I knew of God. That's what, that's, and to me, that's a lot of people nowadays is they know of God, but do you really know God? Do you really have a deep, intimate relationship with God? I knew of a God. I knew something, I had some sort of faith growing up, but it was never like knowing what the actual truth was. So you know, I just, I, I just wanted to graduate, graduate high school, go to, go to college. And I ended up just really just searching. I, I was going to go the accounting route and a lot of things just kind of, uh, twisted and turned. Like there was just a lot of events in my life that, that, that made it to get to where I'm at right now. And all I ever wanted to do, like being real, being an accountant, all I ever wanted to do was just say, Hey, I want to make a hundred K a year minimum. I want to, I want to do this and I'm set. I'm good. I I'm doing something worth it, but I never knew what that calling is because there's so many people out there and this is something that's been hitting me recently is so many people out there, they're doing things, they're chasing things that just have no meaning, have no purpose. And when they get there, it just doesn't make sense. It, it, it's like, okay, what now? Right? right. And I never, even before like getting into ministry and knowing what it was like, my, I remember my auntie, she, she'd prophesy over me or she'd say things and say, Hey, you're going to be a, you're going to be a pastor. And I was like, I don't know about that. Right. This was like five (laughs) years before, like right when I graduated high school, she set up an office for me and she got everything ready thinking that I was going to move from, from San Diego. So I was born and raised in San Diego out to Las Vegas. And I remember she asked, like, she's like, are you moving out here? I'm like, no, I'm going to do college. So I went to some community college, worked a ton of different jobs, Walmart. I was a sushi server. I was even a sushi chef for like six months. And a lot of things happened to me where I I got an opportunity to work for, um, 
an online marketer. And I think moving out of my, of my own like household when I was, uh, I was about 22, 23 moving out. And I, that's when it was either, Hey, go to San Diego state. Cause I got accepted or take this job out, out in Hollywood, out in LA. And long story short, I just ended up taking that, taking that route taking a risk and saying, Hey, I can go to school later down the line if I really wanted to. But this was a once in a lifetime opportunity to work with like an internet marketer at this, this time and get out of the house. You know, you, you know, when you just feel kind of uh, so babied, like just like living with your parents. And then the moment you just leave, that's when you can start making your own decisions and they have no opinion over your life. I like to tell people you had purpose before anyone had an opinion over your life. And I wanted to look and, and search for that. I wanted to grow up. And I think the moment I moved out, that's when I was able to really break free from that tie. And my parents, they were never, um, I grew up in a Catholic home. So my parents were never really, you know, in the Christian faith. And I just didn't know the difference. When I was Catholic, I used to tell people, I used to run away from the church, never wanted to go. <laughs> now knowing who Jesus is, knowing who Christ is, that's when I eventually, now I'm running to the church. Now I'm running to the <laughs> altar. You know? Right. Amen. And that is, um, you know, in these last couple of years, I mean, per, as, as we're laying this down, I've only been saved. Like I've only accepted Jesus for three years now. Um, learned a lot about, you know, the Christian faith. I a hundred percent dedicated my life when I moved out to Vegas, um, about two years ago. But like I said, a lot of things started to happen. I was making good money. I was making the salary that I was looking for at my, my sales job. And my testimony is always like, you know, I leave, you know, I might, I might close a lot of big accounts, sell a lot of product. I'll leave with a full bank account, but inside I'm still kind of empty. You know, I knew I was good at like speaking, talking on the phone, negotiating, uh, and, and sharing vision to people. And I think God really put me through all that. How learn how learning how to sell, learning how to now I tell people, you know, I'm not just selling from low ticket products to high ticket products, because that's all I did for years. And now I'm now I'm selling salvation. Right now I'm selling how to enter the kingdom of of God. And God's really, I believe He put me through that. And that was we're talking about supernatural. He showed me who I was and that I can speak on stages because that's what I did. I, I love sharing my story, my testimony, but he's like, now you're going to share it as, as I've been surrendering my life to Christ um, day by day. You know, that, that's what the Bible says to pick up the cross, deny thyself and follow Jesus. It's what, that is a very, a verse that a lot of people know, but it's so simple yet. It's one that it's like, Lord, what else do I have to let go? And I, and I know, you know, the Bible also tells us that God knows the secret things. The secret things belong to the Lord in Deuteronomy 29. And he reveals those secret things to his children and his children's children. And what I learned is, yeah, there's secret things that I don't even know that I need to break down from. And the things that I was chasing, being in Hollywood, learning from all these entrepreneurs and seeing their life, as I look back at it, you know, we talk a lot about discernment, how a lot of people lack, especially in the church, real discernment, which is like spiritual awareness. I I could tell they weren't fulfilled, you know, Mm -hmm. growing all these companies, doing all that. And I can see those people and I see all these spirits now. And I was so blinded to that, how the world can really blind you. And now I'm here. You know, I didn't even know what a pastor was. And this is kind of funny. When um, I told my mom I was going to quit my job, I said, mom, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to move to Vegas. I'm going to be a, I'm going to become a pastor. She goes, <laughs> Son, are you sure? Like, are you sure? You know, they can't have kids, right? You know, my parents oh, don't know. And I was right, like, right, 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 right. Right. that's a priest. But <laughs> right, 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 right. I started to question my calling. And that's something I learned when you take advice from people that don't even know. Right. Right. And that's what, that's what really questioned me at that time. But I took that calling. I learned that pastoring was not just a title. It was a spiritual gift. Right? We talk about that in Ephesians. It's, it's a gift that, that gives prof, or that profits the ministry that edifies the ministry, the body of Christ. And once I finally accepted that calling, you know, I don't like, I don't like to call myself, but Hey, people, I tell people you'll know them by their fruits, but you'll also know them how they actually do it, how they, how they use it. Right. So right. it's kind of like where I'm at right now. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. You started reaching the milestones you had put for yourself and realizing, okay, then what? And it's this constant game of catch up where you're either living for someone else's 
ideas and goals and kind of taking them on as your own or you're making your own for yourself, right? You're achieving them or for some, they never achieve the goals they make. But either way, it's like when you get there, you're like, this is the greener pasture. This, when I get here, everything's going to be great, except you get there and it's like, okay, now what? Or you don't even barely, you you might not even register that you got there. You might be so busy pining for something else again that now that doesn't even matter anymore. Like a year ago, that was all you wanted, but now you've moved on to the next thing. And that, that pining and that dissatisfaction is just always on repeat wow. in the human condition until you find Christ. And then you have this, this set of goals that God just hands you when the time is right. You're following his will. You're using these gifts. It's this life where you don't know what's coming next, but that's what you need is, is that trust in God. And you're like, I can walk in faith in this. And sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's invigorating, mm-hmm. but that's, it unlocks something in life that your own goals never can. I also like that fact that he was intentional. Yeah. You know, it, it brings in this intentionality. It's, it's like, you didn't just sit back. You're like, Oh, I received Jesus. Okay. Fill my lap. Fill my lap. <laughs> Come on, Lord. Give it to me now. I'm ready. <laughs> Feed me. I mean, there's too many people sometimes that sit there and, and receive Christ. And, and you know, it's good. It's good to be fed. It's good to sit there. It's good to have something. But you know, I was thinking of like Luke uh, 14, 28, where it says for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first, count the mm. cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Amen. And then that took me into this quote that you had on one on your uh, Facebook. I think it was that says, you don't know this new me. I put my pieces back differently. Mm. You know, yeah. what, what are those pieces? What, what is God doing in your life right now? Right. Differently. Cause I know people out there who is like success and all this. And I'm watching you, brother. I see the success. I'm watching your face. I'm reading. I'm like, what? Dang. COVID, <laughs> co- look, COVID sells in God, man. Explain that blend brother. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I, I like that quote a lot because I used it when I was in the world and now I see it differently through Christ and a lot of people like to judge us based on who we were before Christ. And that that's a big thing. Like it's too many people seeing the natural when we're like, hey, it's a spiritual thing. It's like when you're in Christ, you're a new creature, you're a new creation, old things have passed away and everything's just brand new now. Like I'm not going to hold that past against you. I'm not going to hold even people that are in Christ and have made mistakes and the Holy Spirit convicted them. I, I, I will always, that's why I always tell people test the spirit daily. And if you look at Jesus, when he fed the multitudes, he, what he had to do is he had to give thanks to God. And then he broke the bread and then he had to bless it in order for it to really multiply. And mm-hmm. sometimes I always say there's a breaking in the blessing and that's mm-hmm. it. God has to break you down to build you back up even better. I just taught on Nehemiah. So I'm saying, Hey, God's going to rebuild some things when the enemy hears, when the enemy, the enemy's mad. I tell people anointing attracts attacks. When the, when, when the enemy knows you got an anointing, it's going to do whatever it takes to try to stop you from that calling and trying to take you and try to take you out. He's going to use these spirits like Tobias and Sanballat's like these people that try to bring conspiracy discredit, right? And all these lies to try to take you down. Even, it's funny when they sent Nehemiah a letter and I always like to think about it when they sent him a letter, it's like, Hey, you're going to try, you're building the wall of Jerusalem so that you can be a king of the people of Jerusalem. And he's like, what you try, what you talking about? Nehemiah's like, you, you're inventing that in your own heart. Mm, it's amen. a different way to fight. That's right. I love that battle. Man, look, when you, t- I'm an army guy, man, I fought <laughs> wars, right? And I feel like I'm more equipped now than when I had full equipment, the full equipment, you know what I'm saying? I'm more equipped now than when I was equipped. And it's like, what? No way I can fight this battle because I start to see it not just in flesh and blood, but I see it in the principality. I no longer look at somebody and say, man, you're coming against me. No, sin nature's coming against me. And and that person's being used or that thing is being used. I heard this famous quote, (laughs) y'all. I heard this famous quote. Day one or one day you choose. (laughs) Have y'all heard that quote? That's an amazing quote. <laughs> who, who 
said that quote. R.C. Simon. Oh, man. Man, I'm That's a cool you. dude. But, it, but I like this. Everything <laughs> that you're saying, right? Are we going to sit and wait? Or are we going to move forward? Yeah. What you said about the people using what they knew about you before to make decisions about you in the future. You know, we do it to ourselves as well. When we sit and forget about the grace that we aren't owed, but that is guaranteed because of who God himself is, right? It's important to remember, God is perfect and therefore grace is inevitable. So it's not that we earned it. It has nothing to do with who we were then or who we are now, but who God has always been that brings that grace. But when you look at the situations in front of you, it's very easy to think, well, they're doing this because of X, Y, or Z that I've done to them, or they think this of me because of this interaction that we've had. Sometimes you will build it up in your head. God might call you back to somebody that knew you before, but because you know, they knew you, you start putting ideas in your own head. Oh, they're never going to listen to me because they knew this. They knew I did this back then. You know, they, they, but it's often so powerful. Me and Shay always talk about how it's actually amazing. You don't even have to say anything to be a walking testimony to the people that knew you before. But we often think, oh, they knew me when I was on the party scene. They saw me drunk once or twice or every weekend, you know, (laughs) they, they, they experienced that with me. And then we think, how could they ever, but we're discounting what God can do because really Mm, we're a miracle. We're a walking miracle, whether they register that or not, they know something's different. It's why so many walk away from us. Or why we just kind of distance naturally. We, 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 it's not like we're trying to distance, but just over time, because there's not enough commonality. That's just a culmination of the change that we've been put right. through. God's the I am. You know, he's outside of time. Mm. He doesn't need to handle right. us. Like he can handle us in any way, shape or form that is needed to fulfill his goal and his purpose. Amen. And he builds our image. Mm. He builds our image. We don't build our own image. You know, I, I, I remember at the beginning of all this, people would say like, man, you should teach marriage classes. And I'm like, I'm a third time winner. What, <laughs> like, what, who, what, what, like, like what, who, no, who's going to listen to me? But you know, when, when God starts to unpack this and, and you see where Christ comes into the picture where Christ wasn't in the picture. So our business, our, our, our kids, our homes, our lives, right? You start to see like, no, no, no. I've experienced how not to do this. You know, and I can take from that experience and I can bring it into this, this new existence. Wow. I, and, and I can go off that too. You know, you're talking because sometimes people ask me about like marriage or relationship advice. And I, I say, hey, I can only share what the Bible is. I don't have ex- experience versus the person that does has, ex- has, has the experience and said, hey, this is what I've been through. I can just say, hey, this is what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. And I do that. You know, I do that with a lot of people that asked me about it recently. And I tell people this, like, you have to go through whatever you went through so that you can minister to other people. God needs to minister to you in private before you can start ministering to people in public. And when I say public, it can just be you at the dinner table with two of your friends that aren't even saved, but you went through something that they went through. And sometimes we don't want that. That's why I always say we don't want the breaking, but God needs to minister to you in private before you can start ministering to other people in public. Like we always just share, we teach, we preach what we went through because it just makes it more real, more effective. I mean, man, that's where the real transformation, that's why I always see God's presence. Never want to put God in a box because without the presence of God, there's no real transformation. I tell, I told people today when I was opening up for our service, I said, Hey, you could be in church, you could be in the building, but are you really in Christ? Amen. I love that you said that you're not in a relationship right now, but sometimes you are being asked to provide the advice and you're like, I don't have the experience, but I've got the word. 
Amen. And that's so important to remember. We've brought this up before, I think, when it comes to parenting, because oftentimes, and I've had many conversations with women who are like, yeah, you know, I bring up biblical advice. Yeah, I'm new. I'm a newlywed or I'm a new mom. Mm -hmm. But because I'm new and I don't know, I turn to the word to get the wisdom, right? Amen. And they'll say something to someone who's a little more established in that role, whether they've been married longer, a parent longer, and the person who's in it longer will say, yeah, get back to me with that in 10 years. You know, or <laughs> tell me how that went for you in 50 years. Um, and you know, what's funny is like, that's, that's not a fruitful attitude, mm-hmm. right? If, if, it's, if, the, if the wisdom you're hearing is coming from the word, it doesn't matter how experienced the person is in their own flesh, right? It doesn't matter how long you've been a mom if you're going to the word to get your parental wisdom. It doesn't matter how long you've been a husband or even in the faith. You're the perfect example. You know, you've been saved three years and you're a pastor who can just roll the verses out. And it's this perfect example. When you have the word of God and you have that wisdom, it does. you don't always need the experience. Now you will get a lot of experience, just like you said, but it's important when we hear it from someone, if it's coming from the Bible, we don't need to ask, well, what do you know? Or, well, have you ever been in this situation? We need to cling to what is good and acknowledge that this person is not speaking using their own wisdom. They're using God's wisdom and he's been through it all. Jesus bared it all for us. Amen. He knows. So that's just, it's an important mindset to keep when we're, you know, going back and forth, being fed and feeding people. Uh, I was like that Jesus took the disciples away. You know, it was always a brief, you know, people would catch back up, but he'd always say, wait, what you were saying earlier, it's like God takes you aside, you know, and, and, and puts it in you. Um, if we don't understand that marriage first, if we don't understand mm-hmm. that we're, you know, we're brides of Christ, right? That dude, we are, we are in a marriage. Um, the single people out there who are in Christ are in a marriage Amen. and, and how you, how you mold that marriage, how you treat that marriage, how you build that marriage. Like you said, look, are you coming to church? You're sitting in the pews. You're having a good time. Right. But do you take him home with you? Mm-hmm. Man, I, Michael Todd said it the best. Did he? Do you want to quote it? Well, what, what is it? Michael, no, Michael <laughs> I mean, he Todd, said many when, a thing. When Michael Todd said, is, is Jesus your sidekick? Oh, no, no. <laughs> or side no, chick. Side chick. I'm when sorry. he said, is Jesus your side chick? Yeah. It's like, it's like, is Jesus your side chick? Or is or, he your spouse? Like, right. is he your husband you know, or your side, like, side like, chick? Like, don't come to church and, and uh, on the weekend and then on the weekdays be like, oh yeah, mm, I don't know who that is. No, <laughs> uh-uh. know who Jesus is. Get to know him and have a relationship with him. Because yes. I'm telling you, and, and, and I'm going back to this because I, I think that we're here with an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, COVID sells and God, let me explain something. I've been looking over my brother's, you know, stats and, 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 and stuff, business stats and this stuff. He didn't marry into his job. He married Jesus. And I love seeing that in you, brother. I love seeing that like you, you've shifted and transformed and, and it's not like you, what's wrong with being a Christian entrepreneur? You know, what's wrong with writing a book, you know, and making some money? What's wrong with, you know, having a business, you know, we're, we're working on a business and we're still Christian, but we're trusting God. Right. And and so I, I love that. Yeah. I actually have been wondering what your experience is. Cause I mean, right now, prosperity gospel and word of faith are two words that a lot, they get beat up a lot for understandable reasons, right? But I think oftentimes if you are making money at all as a Christian, sometimes people might interpret you to be in prosperity or be a Christian who's all about like, all about just slapping money on all the goals and that kind of stuff. What's your experience been when you're trying to explain to people what a Christ-like way with money would be? Mm-hmm. You know, like this healthy relationship where it's like, yes, I make money. I'm not in debt. I have Christ, but money ain't my life. 
money mm-hmm. isn't ruling me. Like what has, how, how do you kind of articulate that with people? So they, so they see a difference between someone who's all about prosperity in the world versus how you're living your life. You know, and this is a, such a big topic that's been in my heart recently. And because recently I shifted to wanting to help more kingdom entrepreneurs and that's where my heart's been. I actually got backlash from people that, you know, cause I run ads to, to that Facebook group and I've gotten backlash to people saying, Hey, I thought you're going to be talking about Jesus. Like, why are you talking about funnels? Why are you talking about online marketing and, and business? Like, that's not what God would do. I said, Hey, hold up. You know, like the Bible says multiple things. I mean, you look at all the parables. A lot of them can actually relate with money. God wants us right. to be a good steward of our resources. It, in Timothy, it says, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And then I go to Matthew, but seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. I, I see Jesus first. And he said, you can't serve two masters. You'll either serve mammon or God. And mammon that it's actually a spirit that spirit of mammon is actually greed right so mm. so once i started to learn and even in genesis i mean we're talking about new testament let's go to old testament genesis god says hey be fruitful and multiply so god wants us to prosper and you're right this whole prosperity movement i here's what i like to, I, i'm straight up okay because we run like uh we, we we talk the full-on gospel where it's like yeah you can be blessed god wants to bless you god wants to heal you god wants to provide for you but also we serve a god that's not just loving faithful we serve a righteous god we serve a god of wrath we serve a god of correction so then there's there's balance this is where we're talking about the full gospel and that's not what a lot of people are talking about Jesus said it this, he said, they will cast out demons in my name. So we're talking about the full gospel. And yes, what a lot of people, like I tell people this, you know, I don't always like to call people out. I don't call people out specifically. It's like these pastors that are scared to lay hands on the congregation. The, the word of God says, hey, if anyone's sick, let the elders lay hands. Yes, we got to walk in wisdom. We're not walking in fear, but I don't like when people say, hey, you got you to gotta walk in wisdom to mask their fear. They're preaching for years and years and years, the power of God, the presence, the Holy Ghost. You're going to get healed. You're going to get delivered. God's going to provide. And then when something happens in the world, when the world is shaking, where are they at now? Right. Right. And I'm really right. big about this because it's like, if you're really that bold and you're, you know, you got the Holy Ghost, you got the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. You're going to let the Holy Spirit take full control. And there was a lot of things happening during this year and what everything that's been going on. And God really opened my eyes. I think he, he really built me up. I saw a lot. I surrendered a lot of my business to God and said, you know what, Lord, I can't work with that person. They're ungodly. And that's what God really did. So I really took a lot out and I just really started to hone in on the things that God allowed open. So to answer that question, I mean, God wants us to be, like I said, fruitful and multiply that we're not here worshiping anything else. If you, if we're not here idolizing anything above Jesus, anything above God, there's no other God. However it was, now it's not even me trying to provide for just myself and do this. I, I tell people, we would have quit ministry a long time ago. We do this now for the people that are waiting for a miracle. I always tell people, you go straight to Jesus. It's like, hey, God is using us to provide for them, to show them that, hey, miracles could come because of their obedience. Right, right. You know, I think one of the most disappointing things when, when COVID started, right, you, you had the pastors and I'm not throwing out anybody's name or anything that would sit there and say, we're keeping our doors open. Now, look, I, no, keep your door open. It, but watch this. If the Holy Ghost tells you to. Yes. You know, every comparison that I would hear was a comparison to, well, it's not fair. They're treating this group this way or, or this way. We're not we're not being treated fairly, you know, and I'm just like, no, just go out there and be like, no, the Holy Spirit told me to keep my doors open. I'm keeping my doors open, man. I'm behind you. One thousand percent. You tell me something like that. Then I know you're standing on that rock and saying, uh, this COVID ain't going to knock me down. I got this. But no, don't go into a comparison of the world and then right. try to sell me on it. No, you didn't keep your doors open because the Holy Spirit guided you. You kept your doors open because you're looking for comparisons and fairness. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I get worked no, on this point. No, I mean, I'm like, no, like that actually, that links into to my thought because I think I love the, I think the, the prosperity gospel is all about the here and now prosperity, like, and guarantees everyone equal every, like you can all have a mansion. You can all be a billionaire. You can all be perfectly healed and never have a stubbed toe, et cetera. Right. <laughs> but then on the other hand, there are preachers who are so scared of being considered prosperity that they're telling you that like, if you own anything, it's a sin. And if you have anything nice that you didn't get at a thrift store, you should have donated that money to a starving child. And then uh, there are a lot of pastors in the middle, right? <laughs> there are a lot. And that's, and that's, I think where we need to be. But balance. I think th- that balance that you mentioned where God wants us to prosper, he wants us to steward our resources. Now everyone's resources are different, right? Everyone's gifts look and manifest different, but there are common practices where it's like, okay, well, no matter what you have, he doesn't want you to be indebted. He wants you to get out of that. He wants you with whatever you do have to bless others. He wants you to be eternally prosperous, right? So he's going to focus obviously on the eternal development, the long lasting, like what won't get burnt off of us on our way into heaven's gates. But that will manifest differently for different people. And it's important for people to realize that for some, it might look a little more worldly prosperous than somebody else. But what is at the heart of that, what must be at the heart, like you said, is when we when, are we praying for tons of worldly wealth that moths will destroy? Or are we praying for God to use us? And then when something that the world would consider great comes along, we're like, OK, God gave us this for a reason. And it's not to hoard it and it's not to covet it. So what can I do with it? And I think right. that that's the important difference that you brought up. And I'm really appreciative yeah. that yeah, you did. No, I like that. I like how you said that, you know, it's not a matter. It's when you're blessed, it's to bless. Right. It, it has nothing to do with like building my stature. Mm. It has to do with helping. I mean, how do we help? You know, the Bible called us to, to help the widows, help the, help the poor, help the, the needy, right? Help the children. I mean, if none of us made any money as Christians, <laughs> how would we do that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I, and I watch people that, that make their money or make wise choices. You know, they might not be the richest, but they, they decide, you know what? I'm going to consolidate my debt. I'm going to get out of debt because when I get out of debt, I can relinquish and have more money to then produce outwardly. Right. And, and see, so it's all dependent on how you look at it. But at the end of the day, both are blessed. You know, it's like, it's like either this person went this way or this person didn't quite, you know, look. I've always worked for the man. I've been quite happy working for the man most of my <laughs> life. And I've always worried about like, um, you know, a person who like is going out to, to entrepreneur. But let me tell you something with Michelle, as she's building this, this business, you know, it's like, I never have sat there one day and been worried. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I'm not telling you it's a multi-million dollar business. Y'all No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, not yet. but I'm not yet. <laughs> not yet. Right. Right. God, if God wills it, whatever. But that trust in God. It's like, Amen. God is my provider. God will give me what I need. Yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. It's, I, I, it's just, you're, you're amazing. Like, I just love. Yeah, no, I love your energy uh, yeah. for the Lord. When I, when I start to think about really what it takes to really follow Jesus and follow Christ, it wasn't the easiest route to let go of a lot of things. Um, but I'll tell you this, there's a lot of purpose in it. And God has done a lot of supernatural things in my life. I mean, one of the biggest thing I've always had a desire when I first got into ministry was uh, my online ministry. 
And that's something that God has really just blessed during a time like this. And I've had a heart for it. And I always give, I really give praise to God because I know when I don't want to be like King Saul, where I start to disobey God and the anointing gets lifted off. And it's like everything you built, you know, like the Bible continuously always tells us to be humble, to be humble, to be humble, to have a pure heart. The Bible says, Hey, blessed is, the, is, is those that have a pure heart for they shall see God. I always want to see God. I never want to, I never want to miss what he has for me. And I tell people, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. It might be at the beginning of a service. It might be in the middle. Don't leave even before the prayer, be there till the very end, be there for the whole thing. Never miss. And I'm not saying that just to, I'm just saying it because man, some people miss the blessing. Some people miss what God wants to show them. That's why I always ask God, Hey Lord, open up my spiritual ears and eyes so I can see things that I used to not be able to see or that I might not have been able to see. And I want to share this, Elijah, because God encounters in so many different ways. It was just so supernatural. This is going to tie everything up. Elijah, when he was at the mountain of Mount Carmel and then all those Baal prophets, you know, afterwards, how did God show himself? Through fire, a pillar of fire from the heavens. And then Mm -hmm. after he got that victory, Jezebel came and sent a threat to him. And he came into this this depressed mode. He got scared. He was depressed. He even cried out to God. He ran away. And right after he came out of a victory, Okay, because we're, we're going to come out of some victories as, as, right. as believers, as followers of Christ. We're going to have some major breakthroughs and victories in our business, in our lives. We might get a promotion. It might be a connection that we've been waiting for, whatever it is. But right after a threat comes from the enemy. So Jezebel sent a threat to Elijah. He went out. He said, Lord, take my life. And then as he was, as he was laying there under the tree, an angel came, gave him food. And you know what the angel said? He said, hey, your, your journey is great. Arise and eat for the journey ahead is great for you. And after he was seeking, he was searching, God led him, God led him to the Mount of Horeb. And then he, it said, it said in the Bible, it said, Hey, he looked, there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. There was a wind, but God wasn't in the wind. There was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. But the first time God encountered the, the, the previous God, God encountered him with a fire, but he wasn't in the fire at that time. And then what it said right after a still small voice. This is why I tell people, don't miss God's revelation. Don't miss God's encounter. And I believe what God is doing is he's been purifying the church. He's been purifying it. He's allowing the supernatural to happen. I know a lot of people that have been listening to all different types of things in the faith. And God used me to fight back and say, hey, this, that is the truth, but we got to fight back. You know, he doesn't want you to be a mm-hmm. sideline Christian. Yes. He said to put on the full armor of God. When you put on the full armor as a soldier, it means you're going to battle. Right. God does. We want a full time God, but we're out here trying to be part time Christians. We got to be full time with our, with serving yes. God. And this is the verse that has been going through all this year. And everyone's probably heard this verse in second, second Chronicles seven fourteen. He says, hey, if my people who call me by my name, this is God speaking to his children. He said that my people who call me by my name, if they just humble themselves. And that's why I talk about the pure heart saying, God, I know this is you. This is all you. This is none of me. I want you to keep working. I never want to disobey you. If my people who call me by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways. And also another form of humbling yourself is through fasting. I'm so big on like just fasting as the Lord leads. We're not talking about being religious on it. Like, hey, <laughs> right. this is why you let God, let the Holy Spirit touch you. Seek him and seek his face and pray then and, and, and turn away from everything that they've done. Say, hey, that's why I love that verse. First John 1, 9. It said, hey, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgiveness and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And once we turn away from that, and I believe God's purifying the church. I believe he's exposing the wheat between the tear, the goat and the sheep. And those that are walking in the spirit can see the people that are walking in the spirit. I believe God allowed all this stuff to happen because God's always in control. 
And no matter what the Bible always tells us is that no matter what, as long as we serve God, famines might happen. Things of this world might happen. In Hebrews, it says we serve a kingdom that is unshakable. This world might be shaking, but we serve a kingdom that is unshakable. And the supernatural, the unnatural, we're talking about the supernatural flourishment, the supernatural acceleration, it will happen. And what God showed me the other day was like, RC, every time you took a step of faith, it was never comfortable. So God is using me. God is rising up the end time warriors, the end time messengers, the end time remnant to rise up and say, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to bow down to, to, to this agenda of the world. I'm not going to bow down because what's going to happen now. And what God is, was showing me that it's, it's not comfortable walking in faith. It's never comfortable. If you look at David and Goliath, that looked crazy. If you looked at Noah building the ark, that was crazy. If you, if you literally looked at Peter stepping out of the boat to go to Jesus, to the other disciples, that was crazy. <laughs> it was never something where like, hey, I, I'm comfortable doing this. But the moment, right? And just like when Peter, the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to sink. And sometimes that's going to happen because, you know, things happen in our life. But the moment he called out to God, he called out to Jesus, that's when he reached out his mm, hand. Right. So I, all right. I know is what we do might seem crazy. What God places in your heart, in your spirit, drops it, running that business, building that altar. I don't know what ministry God's got you to build in your inside of you, but I tell everyone you have a ministry, not just serving out a physical ministry. God placed a ministry in your right. I- inside of you, in your heart. It's, and, and that's where you start to operate out of your gifts. So I tell people, hey, just run with it. Habakkuk, or however you want to say that, it says, hey, <laughs> write the vision, plain on tablets and run with it. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher, the defender, the perfecter of our faith. And sometimes we don't even know what it means to fix our eyes. I just say, hey, I'm going to focus on you, God, and you're going to direct my path. The Bible says to acknowledge God in all our ways, and he shall direct our path. So follow Jesus, focus on Jesus. And shoot, like I said, it'll never make sense in the natural, but God wants to step in and say, you know why it never made sense there? Because I want you to know that I am God, that I did that. I did that. That's awesome, man. Hey, look, yes. y'all, what look. an awesome episode. I'm going to throw it like Pastor this. Pastor RC. Yeah, Pastor <laughs> RC, there we go. Look, don't get, focus on the manna. Don't get blinded by the feast, y'all. Man, it's been a great episode. We love, love being here. Man, let's roll it. Yeah, no, this has been awesome. Remember, the show notes will have more ways to connect with Pastor RC Simon. You can always connect with us at thepantrypodcast.com. And we are just excited and so thankful to have you on. Thank you one last time, Pastor RC. It's a blessing. God bless you guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Yep. Bye, brother.